I am so psyched. This is my first day in the Church of Satan. I am totally sacrificing a goat, and I am so Instagramming it. Ah, here comes the high priest. Hi, diddly ho, little Satanist duckling. Are you you the the high priest? You're darn tootin' I am. Hey, you're not really dressed for kickball. Kickball. I think I might be in the wrong place. I'm looking for the high priest of Satan. That's my title, friend. Don't wear it out. Last Tuesday of the month is always kickball night. It's a pretty decent game, you know? I don't know. I, I guess I thought... Could you stop the Andy Griffith song? Thank you. Look, I know I'm new, but I was really hoping that you would show me, you know, some of the darker secrets of Satanism. I'm not sure what you... Oh, I get it. Sure, come on over here. Behold the machine of darkness. Is that... Yes, a fax machine. We have one. No one must know. Yeah, but who, who cares if you have a fax machine? Because it's so awesome and weird. We get messages from the dark side. Wait, here comes one now. It's so slow. It's from the Dark Lord W.B. Mason. He wishes to invoice us for ink and toner. But that's just stuff you're ordering for the fax machine. It's, it's like a self-perpetuating cycle. I know, it's weird, right? Because I also totally ordered some pumpkin spice K-cups for the break room. Mr. Priest, I- I'm not sure I'm cut out to be a Satanist. Can't handle the dark forces in the universe, huh? That's okay. A lot of people seem to hit that wall. Go on, then. But not a word about the you-know-what. The fax machine. Yeah, is this even possible? Is the Church of Satan just a a harmless bunch of people? Let's find out together. And now he drew a pentagram on the wall using milk of magnesia. Colin McEnroe. So Satan gets talked about, if not a lot, a fair amount. And Satan gets talked about in a lot of different ways. Actually, Pope Francis, who is an oddly... Well, I mean, who is a notably modern pope, maybe that's the way to say it, um, is oddly interested in Satan. He talks about him a lot. Uh, he talks about him more than any pope probably since Pope Paul VI. Uh, and he has told his flock to look out because the devil is present and not dismiss that warning as old-fashioned in the 21st century. He's uh, linked Satan with uh, things like gossip, which he himself feels that he has done. So, you know, you'll hear about Satan in that context, uh, in in a religious context, uh, where, in fact, people who are religious leaders are talking about sort of how things can go wrong. Uh, That would be because of Satan. Uh, And the other way that you hear a lot about Satan, obviously, is um, as a— uh, an explanation for um, for deviant behaviors, right? You have sort of, um, I mean, maybe the most salient example, and we'll talk a little bit about it later, is the Memphis Three. These, uh, if you've seen the many documentaries about this case, it's from 1993. These three young men were convict- convicted in 1994 on scant, maybe even non-existent physical evidence that they had committed these murders, uh, in, in fact, um, or this murder. Uh, and in fact, they were sort of, commi- sort of convicted because they seemed to to be devil worshippers, but although really the evidence of that was pretty flimsy too. They were basically doing what a lot of boys their age do, which is listening to heavy metal music and maybe reading some 
some slightly out there text. So that's another way that Satanism comes up. We're not going to be talking about it really in either one of those ways, except maybe flashing back to those ways as a way of comparison, comparing uh, them to the people that we're talking to today. The people we're talking to today actually belong to the Church of Satan. It's really different than what whatever your mental picture of as a, uh, of a Satanist is. It's probably going to be a little bit off. Uh, a little bit later in the show, we're going to talk to John Crow. He's a PhD candidate of American religious history and a scholar of new religious movements. Uh, he's one of the people sort of argue, arguing that or urging that academia study this phenomenon, the Church of Satan and some of the related movements uh, a little bit more intensely. Uh, but first, let's meet uh, the Church of Satan. Joining us right now from an ISDN connection is Ruth Waits, high priestess of the Church of Satan, as well as the editor and publisher of the Satanic Warlock. Uh, also joining us via the miracle of Skype is Peter Gilmore, administrator and high priest of the Church of Satan, author of the Satanic Scriptures. So uh, here we go. And um, Ruth Waits, I'm going to have you get us started. So uh, I've just said a few of the things that the Church of Satan is not, and we'll be saying more things that the Church of Satan is not. But maybe it's time to do the thumbnail description of what the Church of Satan is. Well, um, I'd like to start off by correcting you. I am okay. not, in fact, the high priestess of the Church oh, of Satan. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I had that, I had <laughs> that in our notes. Okay. No, I am a, a magistra, which is no. a, 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 a another rank in the Church of Satan. I am not the high priestess. Mm. Peter is the high priest. His wife, Peggy, is the high priestess, and gotcha. I'm a magistra. So anyway, um, the, as far as a thumbnail description goes for, for what, what we are and what we aren't, um, we are a lot of the people that you work with and you like, we're that blunt guy who says it like it is, or you're like, wow, I wish I could do that. Well, you know what? You can. Um, <laughs> I might even want to defer to Peter on this just for the general thumbnail, mm. because he's the guy, you know, um, and, and I, I don't want to pass the buck, but I don't want to miss anything. So unless unless it's going to screw something up, I'm kind of going to ask Peter to jump in and do this. All right, Peter, jump in and do this. Um, maybe you can sure thing. Give, give us the encyclopedia entry on uh, the Church of Satan. Yeah, well, briefly, Satanism is an atheist philosophy employing Satan as a symbol of pride, liberty, and individualism. We're pragmatic, skeptical, and materialist. We don't embrace faith, nor are we spiritual in any sense. Our founder, Anton LaVey, termed this the world's first carnal religion, which accepts man as an animal just like all the rest, who as a species is sometimes better but often behaves worse than the others. Satanism challenges its adherents to form their own personal hierarchy of values and to be responsible for their lives, both the successes and failures. And that's a point which tends to be off-putting to many prospective members because they'd usually rather blame someone or something else for the condition of their lives. So, Ruth, back to you now. So just to, to build on what Peter's saying here. So you don't believe uh, in, in Satan as a deity. In fact, you don't believe in anything supernatural, right? That is correct. I don't believe in any deity. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in Satan. And that's that's one of the things that I always get to say right up front to people is that, no, I don't worship the devil. I don't even believe in the devil. The devil is a symbol. And uh, it's a symbol of a lot of things that, that, that we like to embrace. It's 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 uh, the devil is the guy on your shoulder tempting you to do fun things. And, and uh, throughout history, the devil has had certainly, if not all, then most of the fun. And uh, we're not about denying ourselves any of the fun. We don't believe in any kind of hereafter. So we need to get the most juice out of life while we can, while we've got it between our, our grubby little paws. So we want to move 
and act and be and do everything that we possibly can. Any question you answer, you ask me, the answer is most likely going to be yes, because you know you got to try everything. Well, except skydiving. I'm not. I'm not skydiving. <laughs> or bungee jumping, maybe. I, I bet you no, I could, I could no find some. Jumping. I could find some nose if I really tried. So um, right. So Peter, I guess maybe the question then becomes: Why call yourself a church? Uh, and why not uh, do all this within the context of I don't know secular humanists? There's some very nice, wholesome humanist groups uh, meeting down in New Haven these days. Uh, oh, but that's also boring. Uh, Anton Levay <laughs> decided well. that uh, being a showman, he worked in the carnivals and in the circuses as a lion tamer, and he was a pretty amazing calliopist and organist, he realized that in order to get the attention of people, you had to do something a little iconoclastic. So creating a church that wasn't really a church, rather than a group of people who would gather and worship, it became a cabal of people who were associated because of similar interests, and uh, calling it the Church of Satan. Well, Satan in Hebrew means adversary and opposer and accuser, and certainly his philosophy was set up to do that, to look at all kinds of theism, whether they're Eastern or Western, and to accuse them of basically robbing people of their joy in life, that they're having, pointing them towards enjoying an afterlife if they follow whatever rules they've presented, and ignore whatever's going on in the world around them. And uh, that's a typical device for uh, aristocracies, uh, whether they be uh, papal or uh, whatever kind of embodied uh, hierarchy exists, to control the masses. Uh, Religions control people, and Satanism is something that tries to liberate them. So, Ruth, uh, we need to say a little bit more about the name that Peter just mentioned. Uh, You may not believe uh, in supernatural deities, and you may not be a church in the most conventional uh, sense of the word church, but you definitely have a a kind of a prophet. Anton Sandor LaVey is that prophet. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about who he is and how uh, in 1966, I think it was, this church came 1966. to be. Yeah. He wasn't a prophet. He was a guy who wrote a bunch of stuff down that we pretty much all agree with. Um, we are not a religion of people who, we don't we don't worship him. He's not a hero. I mean, we might be a hero, but he's not, we don't worship him. Mm. Um, his words resound and w- within us, and they resonate within us. But when I, I, I knew him personally, and when um, when I finally got around to reading the Satanic Bible, a long time after I actually was, was friends with him, I told him that I'd, I'd read the Satanic Bible, and he said, really? What did you think of it? And I said, ah, you know, it's okay. It was pretty good. It, it, nothing I couldn't have written myself. And I, and in any other religion, certainly, or, and certainly any, any other group, that would be an insult. But to him, that was the greatest compliment I could have paid him, which is that, that, that what his words hit home, that, that we are of like mind. And the, what Peter said, we're a mutual admiration society. We're a lot of like-minded individuals who never join anything, but suddenly find ourselves thrown together because we agree. And whether or not the, the Satanism is a real religion, of course it's a real religion. It is codified. It is a codified philosophy. It is written down. There are principles and philosophies that you can agree with or ignore. But it definitely, it's recognized by the military. It's recognized by the government. And it, it follows along. We are recognized. We have as much credibility as any other religion. And, uh, and I'm, I'm proud to say that we don't take tax-exempt status. We think that all religions should be taxed out the butt because they're obviously making money. They're corporations. We're a corporation. We pay our taxes. 
Um, I want to just kind of go back uh, to what you were saying before, because I think people <laughs> probably want to know more about it. It's recognized by the military like there could be a Church of Satan, I don't know, chaplain in the military, something Absolutely. like that? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's not how we operate, and Peter might want to correct me on this if I'm, if I'm off, off base, but we don't have chaplains, but you are free to practice Satanism if you're a member of the military. Absolutely. Well, what, would, what would that even amount to, though? It's not like I need a Satanist holiday off or something, right? I mean, what would it well, mean? Well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. what happens is that our military members uh, sometimes want to have Satanism, uh, the Church of Satan, recognized on their dog tags because they're proud of their affiliation. But uh, since Satanism is actually a tool for getting the most out of life and not a cause for which one should be martyred, it's often wiser just to put atheist, because we are atheists, of course, we're a subset of atheism. Uh, and uh, you might have Christian officers above you who, because of their bigotry and prejudices, would hinder your military career. So it's up to our people in the military to decide about that. Right now, uh, many of our veterans are working towards having the sigil of Baphomet uh, to be allowed on national cemeteries because they've put pagan pentagrams and many other religious symbols, and we're trying to oh, push them cool. to finally agree to do that. It's, they've been resistant to that. But uh, the chaplain's manual that was published many years ago in, in a number of versions, and whose editor I was in, uh, in communication with until uh, under the Bush administration, they eliminated that book, uh, had a very good <laughs> chapter about the Church of Satan. It explained our basic beliefs, and uh, if there, you know, for in Satanism, uh, when you talk about Satan holidays, uh, since we're in a religion about individualism, where we are self-centered, I call it atheism because we're our own gods. Uh, the highest holiday is one's birthday. So, uh, but otherwise, ho celebrating holidays is an optional thing. Hmm. Uh, there's not a lot of things and commandments. You know, there's no dress style, food style, hairstyles that the Church of Satan commands. It's very flexible. So, uh, our members who join the military are generally the folks who understand that there are going to be restrictions placed upon them by that choice, and so they follow them. They don't look to get out of, you know, skate free of certain things like some religions try to do under those circumstances. You know, we did a whole show about the Jehovah's Witnesses. You guys are kind of the opposite. They don't do birthdays at all. You don't right. celebrate your birthday. You guys, it's the highest we holiday. Blood transfusions, too. It's, right. it's much better on our side. <laughs> well, no, we, we, we don't judge. We don't judge here on the show. We do. Yeah. So um, I just want to also back up and make a clarification or just help people along who don't uh, know these words. And uh, you talked about the, the symbol of Baphomet. That's sort of the goatee head kind of thing, right? Exactly. Right. It was something that w came about in France in the 1700s, 1800s. It was refined, and uh, it was a symbol that essentially was used by a cultists to represent kind of the left hand, the dark side of things, but it wasn't particularly recognized. It was put on the cover of a book uh, by Maurice Bessie, a pictorial encyclopedia of magic and the supernatural. And Anton LaVey had that in his collection and thought, damn, that's a really dramatic symbol. So he decided to call it something because it wasn't named. He called it the sigil of Baphomet because he knew about the image of Baphomet that Elipus Levi had uh, done the goat figure and uh, its meaning seemed very appropriate for Satanism. So that became the insignia of Satanism with Anton LaVey and when beforehand it was really pretty much upside down crosses and such but he totally changed that he created a brand really with the Church of Satan uh, with his Victorian house and his striking looks he kind of modeled himself after Ming the Merciless from the Flash Gordon serials and comics intentionally so that he would be eye-catching and with that emblem and talking about Satan it started a movement that uh, is now 50 years old, and we had a big celebration this April 30th for it here in Poughkeepsie. Um, so he may have looked like Ming the Merciless or Ruth Waits, but as you say, you knew him. I gather uh, he was kind of a, a, a jokester in many ways. 
Absolutely. He was a really funny person. He was a great guy. He was incredibly well-read and he was he had had so many experiences. He was a crime photographer and he was a lion tamer and and he he played the he played keyboards for strippers uh, for in burlesque houses and he and he was he and we would talk I never knew what we were going to talk about but it was always going to be something great. It was it was movies or cars or whatever and it, 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 we didn't put on robes and light black candles and and hum. You know, it was it was all very vibrant and alive. We very much about celebrating life and all the all the great things life has to offer. Didn't you give yeah, him a... going to gun shows and going to yes. Oh, he loved guns. It was so much. That was a big one. <laughs> Didn't you give him a fart machine? I did give him a fart machine. That was, see, this is the kind of sophisticated devil humor that we we enjoyed. He was a well, huge on public fan. on public radio. We enjoy this too. Anyway, continue. Well, I, I'm trying not to not to curse on public radio, but uh, we uh, he was a, a huge fan of something that's probably gone by the wayside now. It's called the Johnson Smith catalog, and it was just a catalog of of pranks that an eight year old boy would salivate over. And he was very much that eight year old boy. And uh, so so one time I brought him this this ridiculous battery-operated fart machine, and that kept us laughing for about 18 hours. <laughs> Not worked into the liturgy in any particular way, though. No, no, no. It's it just, could, it could never, be, though. It <laughs> totally could have be. a fart machine in a ritual. See, there our, is never our, our a rituals bad time. aren't formal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's like when people look at churches, they usually see them as having these very formalized services and all this bowing and scraping and endless praying. It's so dull. Uh, <laughs> ritual was outlined in the Satanic Bible, some basic ones, but the whole point to ritual is emotional catharsis. And so each Satanist is completely welcome to rework or create their own texts that help them release emotions that they want to get out of their system so they can enjoy their lives. So certainly a whoopee cushion, a fart machine, uh, <laughs> anything you want to bring in would be fine. It would be uh, quite... Uh, Oh, you know, one of the funny things was we did a big rite in the Hellfire Caves in England where uh, Benjamin Franklin attended uh, diabolic rites with Sir Francis Dashwood. We were paying tribute to the satanic legacy of the United States of America and the United Kingdom. And in the middle of it, we had created a sort of giant symbolic phallus. And it was it was ceremonial, heftedly about it cracked in half and one part flew across to crash into the gong and it caused great guffaws. It was wonderful. And then with mock solemnity, we continued uh, with the smiles on our face. So uh, we we go with the flow with that. All right. So let me ask the question that you get. Uh, I, just, I actually I should insert the fact that I, just as a matter of record to put it on the record, I go to church every Sunday. Uh, we don't bow or scrape and it's rarely boring. But it's never boring anyway. Um, but that's that's, that's your choice. Yeah, exactly. That's my choice. Yeah, this as is long your as choice. you have a good time. See, that's it's, just it's about quickly. you. Don't that's the thing. Yeah, if you yeah, have I a religion have that satisfies problem. you, that's great. Exactly. I have no problem with, with religious friends. People have asked me, when do if I sneeze, will you be offended if, you, if, if, if someone says, God bless you to me? Well, no, of course not. I'm not ridiculous. But, but you basically, by, being, by having your own personal form of your religion, you're bearing out the satanic philosophy. You're getting what you need from a service. You're taking what you need from it. You're bringing what you want to contribute to it, and you're making it your own. That's that's all that that's all any of us ever do. So uh, let me ask you the question you get asked all the time. Uh, it's sort of like root canal, right? If you called it something else, it probably would be a little less intimidating to people. You know, please open your mouth so I can do root canal in there. It never <laughs> sounds really good. So Church of Satan, you know, I mean, really, you could have called it almost anything. Um, you don't uh, owe anything to Satan because he doesn't exist. Uh, why? Why? Why is it called that? I mean, is it just isn't that just kind of borrowing trouble for you guys? 
not no. really. Uh, you know, again, <laughs> when I mentioned earlier the whole point about Satan being the adversary and opposer and accuser, it's really a highly appropriate symbol. Christianity is a context that dominates the world. And if that wasn't so, maybe Satan wouldn't have been the symbol Anton LaVey chose. But it was and still is in many ways. So it's effective. Uh, the news media always goes crazy for it whenever Satan is mentioned. So that wisdom certainly bears out. It's one of the few words in the English language that still has impact. I can't say the other two on on NPR. <laughs> Thank <So>. you. <laughs> But but for but that is something that Satan has all all those connotations that that of of temptation and 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 debauchery and oh you're just an animal we don't shrink away from those connotations we embrace those connotations we're students of human nature we we believe and rightly so that 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 human beings are animals just like any other animals and the idea that you can evolve out of that it's it's ridiculous I still have my pancre my my pinky toe I still have my gallbladder we're not evolving where you can mature i like to hope that you can mature and grow up and make informed choices and be a better person but i'm not evolving out of anything and 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 anytime i'm really happy or really dismayed about human nature i have to step take a step back and say well yeah human beings are involved if i'm disappointed about about bad behavior well human beings you know <laughs> That's all. It's it's human nature. It's our nature. We can't get away from it. And trying to deny it is just ridiculous. Um, one thing that occurred to me is that, uh, particularly with the existence of the Internet, a lot of this stuff is pretty accessible. And, and there are a lot of people who are not members of the Church of Satan who nonetheless, in fact, I am the father, I'm pretty sure of one of them, who spent a lot of time reading LeVay or being kind of aware of him. In fact, I we think once in a while I'm in the car, I think he's trying to talk to me about it. Um, and so... Um, I guess I'm sort of wondering, I mean, uh, this is the kind of thing that scholars would study if more scholars studied this. And do you have any idea, like, how many members of the Church members of the church of Satan there are? I know you guys kind of don't have buildings and stuff like that. We're not going to tell you that. You're not going to tell us? Okay. No. Is there any particular reason why you're not going to tell me? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Because uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anton LaVey set this up as a policy because the whole point was, if it looks like there are too many uh, to whoever's asking the question, then we look dangerous. And uh, if it looks like there are too few, then they are free to discount our ideas. So by not knowing, uh, they can't make either of those decisions. But I can tell you this, that we have many thousands of members, and they're in just about every single nation on the globe. And yeah, some places are very dangerous for them to be. Our members in the Middle East really have to keep underground, or they'd be executed for their beliefs. But we even have some members who go there and try to open up the Internet for young people there who have been completely uh, forced under the hegemony of, of, sort of radical Islam so that they can have more information about what else exists in the world so they can be free to choose what might be better courses of living for themselves. We're going to talk more about sort of just what it's like on a daily basis uh, to live your life as a Satanist or a member of the Church of Satan. But before we do that, we're going to take a break. You ain't going to live forever before you're old and gray. Still okay. Have your little fun, son. Have your little fun. All right. 
right. Uh, we are doing a show today on the Church of Satan because who else would do that show, at least on public radio? Uh, joining us are Ruth Waits. Let's see if I get this right. I believe she's a magistra of the Church of Satan. as well Close as a, enough. Yeah. What, 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 no, I might as well do it right. I say magistra, but magistra. other people okay. say magistra. I don't know. If we, I, don't, I really don't know. All right. So uh, magistra of the Church of Satan as well as editor and publisher of the Satanic Warlock. Uh, joining us by Skype is uh, Peter Gilmore, administrator and high priest of the Church of Satan, uh, author of the Satanic Scriptures. In just a minute, you're going to meet John Crow. He's a PhD candidate in American religious history. He's kind of urging scholars to study Satanism more, uh, and especially established movements like the uh, the Church of Satan. But before we get to that, um, well, I mean, it's just some maybe really kind of basic questions. And um, Ruth, I'll start with you, and we'll hear from Peter as well. But so, I don't know, like, okay, so I go to church on Sundays, and there's some other activities and stuff. I mean, do, do you... Is there like a set of things you do? Do you have weekly services? Uh, th- things Absolutely like that? not. Yeah. It, it is completely up to the individual. I do what I want to do. Uh, I, I, Peter was saying that that our rituals are, are designed to release some any kind of uh, psychodrama or, or energy or or, or or whatever. So if I've if I've got something I want or something I don't want, I'll do my own ritual. Um, and I personally, this is I'm I'm a big fan of the moon. So I do a lot of things around the moon, the new moon, the full moon. I always know where the moon is. That The, the moon is my thing. The, but uh, but I certainly wouldn't expect anyone else to, to do that. We, we don't impose our personal preferences on each other. Um, if you do want to do rituals, like Peter was saying, there are some in the books. If you want to use them, I personally have never even looked at one because I don't need that. I, I'll, I, I create my own, whatever I, I want. If, if there's somebody that... Um, I want to to do something for me. I'll either there we have we have we have greater magic and lesser magic. And greater magic is you you actually sit down and do a formal hoo ha. You do something. But uh, but lesser magic is is how I move through the world every single day. How I get the good parking space. How I get people to give me things that I want because I'm nice. It's there's, there's nothing secret about it. But uh, but you need to compel people. You need to share your energy with them and and really and and kind of get in their heads and, and manipulate them that way. But it's it sounds terrible when I say it like that. But um but but the daily life, the day-to-day thing, everything is for lack of a better word, magic. Mm. You create the universe for yourself. You create your own reality. I look at what I want to look at. I don't look at what I don't want to look at. And excuse me, there's plenty of things not to look at these days. But honestly, I am so occupied in living my life and making things. I'm much more interested in the perfect macaroon than I am in the presidential election, (laughs) I have to tell you, because the, the macaroon affects me. The presidential election, I can do nothing about. Right. There are actually some so, macaroons that would do better running the country, but that's I neither here nor there. I fine macaroons, sir. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Well, <laughs> let me just, I, I'm going to press a little bit more on, particularly on the on the hoo-ha part of this. So I had, a, I had a, a very good friend, she's no longer alive, but I had a very good friend who was a Wiccan and very active Wiccan. So she would say that she could get the good parking space or make somebody do something and, and using, quote-unquote, magic and kind of mean it, mean it in a supernatural sense. Um, I, I, my sense is that you don't, you do, you don't mean it in a supernatural sense. Well, I don't believe in the supernatural. I believe in the natural. I believe in the supernormal. Some things are weird and I can't explain them, but I do know that I get a lot. I get my way an awful lot. And it, you know, and one of the reasons is because I know I will. I'm absolutely certain that things are going to go my way be- and then the, and they do. 
So this is, it's about thinking. It's, it, we create the world in our head. And it's that, very that, much, and I, I have no doubt that your friend got all the good parking spaces. And she, and I, I, I don't begrudge people belief in the supernatural. It's mm. it, what I told you, whatever, whatever floats your boat, you know, but uh, I don't believe in the supernatural. I know what I see. I believe in science. I believe in results. I know what happens to me. Um, also, there's an aspect of glamour and charm. Like Ruth is a, a quite a charming lady, and that's part <laughs> of what our you. lesser magic is. It's the ability to to get people to do things you want by understanding their needs and your needs and saying the right things, addressing the right way. It's a lot to do with timing. If you want a promotion at work, it's nothing supernatural. It's it's yeah, really I, understanding my, my... the human animal. But this sounds my, my old yoga teacher used to say it's easier to ride the horse in the direction it's going. This sounds like a sort of a little bit of Dale Carnegie and a little bit of is it the secret? What's that Oprah thing where you visualize what you want? Is that called the secret? Oh, uh, law of attraction. Law of attraction is real. Yeah. I I, I don't really I haven't read the secret. I, I don't uh, I'm not a friend of Oprah's, but um but I but that I I do know what works for me and I do know that uh, that it is over the the course of time the more you believe the more it's real. And, and, and the, the idea, the, the question of, of, of what exactly does magic mean to us, if we don't believe in the supernatural, how can we believe in magic? It's, it's in my head, they're, they're very different. I don't attribute my magic to some god. I attribute my magic to me. And again, back to human nature. I know how people work. I know how I work. I know what I would respond to. And if you give people value, if you are fully present as a human being and you connect to them, because all we really have in this world is connection to one another. So if you show up, and believe me, that's rare. That's why someone like me can be an outstanding individual. I don't think I'm that outstanding. I'm just there. I show up. I make it my business to show up and be there for people I love. And you know what? They're there for me. All right. Let me uh, just uh, grab a call or two here. Here's Sheila in East Hampton, one of two possible East Hamptons. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, it's East Hampton, Connecticut, okay. Sheila. I have a question um, for your guest. Where does sexuality and children in the church or in the religion come into play? Are there any tenets regarding that, or is it pretty much just up to the individual? Definitely no, oh, Sunday, no Sunday school. Thank you, we know so that. Much for, thank yeah. you so much for asking this question. Peter, do you yeah, want it? It's a good one. Yeah, I'll do it. Um, yeah. In the Church of Satan, we have from the very beginning accepted the full spectrum of human sexuality with the one caveat being that sexual activity must only be with other people who share the desire for that. We do not accept sex with children or animals because we don't believe that that can possibly be informed consent. So we've had members in the Church of Satan who were throughout the LGBTQ spectrum from the very beginning, transgendered members or even in pictures from the 70s. Uh, so it's it's we've been open about that. Uh, we only allow membership to people who are of legal adult age or 18, whichever is older, because some places you can be an adult at less than 18, uh, because we believe that you need to be responsible and that your decision to be part of the Church of Satan must be done with a full understanding of the philosophy. And that kind of responsibility is something we demand of our members. Yeah, we don't indoctrinate our children. We don't involve children. <clears throat> Excuse me. Children aren't welcome at any kind of formal, if there is a formal gathering that among members, children aren't welcome and, and don't participate. So I, I just, uh, one thing that I am a little bit confused about, so um, there aren't like regular services or anything like that. Um, so how are you guys a church and not just like a mailing list or something? I mean, I don't mean it to be facetious, but if you don't meet regularly, 
how why is that a con- why is that the consideration why is that the why is that the demarcation line meeting it must i don't know it must be my blinkered uh, understanding of, of how these things work but i mean i just how do you create a community i guess without me we don't we don't have a community we're absolutely <laughs> against the concept of community what it is is as i said earlier in the show it's a cabal of linked people who share interests beyond satanism uh, our philosophy is something that we all use as i said it's a tool to get the most out of our life and the aspect of it being a church is that it has a philosophy, it is a religion, it has dogmas, it has metaphors, it has symbolism, it has all these aspects of regular churches except for the idea of enforced community and regular meetings, and we certainly have no worship as part of what we do. All right, so um, I want to do, I do want to add to this conversation, uh, John Crow, as I've been saying, he, John Crow is a uh, PhD candidate in religious, American religious history. Uh, he um, writes also at johncrow.com, or is it johnlcrow.com? Uh, he's with us now, uh, and uh, I want to talk a little bit more about sort of how uh, Satanists and the Church of Satan either are or are not understood at the level of scholarship. So, John Crow, welcome to the conversation. Thank you for having me. I, I, I'm assuming that you're not a member of the Church of Satan, that you're somebody who is on the outside looking in. No. Never assume. Um, <laughs> I am not a member. And, and in fact, it's, it's actually that kind of question that's part of the problem that is holding back uh, scholarship. If we uh, were talking and your guests were not members of the Church of Satan, but were probably uh, from uh, members of a, a Hindu temple, or Mormons, or, or some other religion, you probably would not have asked me that. But the fact that we're talking about the Church of Satan, and that we're talking about Satanism, and how it's seen different in our society, that question gets asked of scholars. And it's immediately those kinds of stigmas that stop scholars from investigating and, and studying these traditions. Actually, I mean, I, I just want to just beg to slightly differ with this. I mean, if I were interviewing anybody about a religion, if I were in a, going to interview Peter Hebblethwaite uh, about Catholicism, I would want to establish the fact that he was, you know, a former Jesuit priest who is now lapsed into laity, become a scholar, but some within the religion, somebody who's studying Catholicism some, from somewhere on a vast continuum within the religion would be a little bit different to me as an interviewer from somebody who's, who's from Krista Tippett who's looking at it from the outside. In. I, I, don't, I don't think that that's ent- entirely specific uh, to the Church of Satan. It just kind of, you know, I mean, I, it just changes my set of questions, that's all. Well, it does have an assumption at the, the root of it that somebody who is a participant in the tradition has some uh, inability to be um, neutral or to look at it objectively and that there's always going to be some kind of bias. Yeah, but I think that's true of a lot of religions. Anyway, I don't want to spend a lot of time on, on that point. I mean, look, I do notice that yeah. you, you didn't say, are you a member of the Church of Satan? You said, I assume you're not. Well, yeah, and I, the reason for that is that he's urging scholarship about it, which obviously, once again, if you were urging scholarship about it and he was within the Church of, of Satan, I would assume that he's a, basically a publicist for the Church of Satan. If he's a scholar, if he's somebody urging scholarship from outside, then I would say he's an outsider. Right. I'm just trying to figure out who it is I'm talking to. I would right, suggest right. there's no human being without bias. That's all. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. absolutely the case. But it sort of does depend, you know, who, who, who you are and what you're doing. So, I mean, I wanted to just talk about sort of situations where this does get— uh, a little hairy. I mean, in fact, uh, you know, they've explained, I think, very eloquently uh, why they call themselves the Church of Satan. But, you know, we know, and I gave the example at the beginning of the show, situations where 
particularly in the 80s and 90s, there was the so-called satanic panic. There was this kind of sense that there are these people out in the woods drawing pentagrams and human feces and uh, lighting candles and murdering people and disemboweling animals. And, and, and uh, you know, I mean, it was a lot of hooey. It was basically unsubstantiated. But, but John Crow, from reading your work, I, I know that one of the things that you think is that there kind of needs to be a group of people who aren't in the Church of Satan, who, uh, who study it from a scholarly disposition, uh, who can be called up by a reporter or, or someone else's for, for the kind of information that we're, we're talking about right now. Exactly. That's, it's very important that, that the, the field of religious studies has people who can answer these questions for the general public, uh, that is, and it's not being informed by the kind of media hype or sensationalism, but it's also not being informed by so-called es- experts that are coming out of various Christian traditions who are applying their notions of Christianity and the opposite of it onto these traditions. The, the, the neutral and, and as objective as possible, uh, the, the magistrate's point is true, uh, but as objective as possible, is really important so that the public can be informed what is or what isn't involved in religious Satanism. If you search on Google News, um, Satanic Crime, stuff comes up every week that is getting labeled Satanic. But the question is, is it? And then if it is, what kind of Satanism is involved? I know um, High Priest Gilmore has to release press releases frequently saying that people were not, that the church wasn't involved and that this is not something that they support. And that kind of activity shows how the public is very ill-informed about Satanism and how the study of it and the discussion of it um, by scholars in the public sphere would benefit. The problem is the field of religious studies itself is still a legacy of the Protestant seminary system that it came out of in the 50s, and so there's this inherent bias specifically against Satanism, that Satanism is not seen as a religious tradition that is valid to be uh, studied, or that it's not a real religion. And so this ends up causing problems within the academy itself on discouraging people within North America in general to, to study Satanism in, in Then when you start adding things such as funding, um, the limited number of spots within university departments, if somebody is leading with a tradition like Satanism, they often will get passed over for somebody who's doing something more conventional. Uh, And then finally, there's also an economic reality that if somebody's going and and wishes to get a PhD in this and then teach, um, is the school going to hire them? Um, that's these are the kinds of considerations that within the field of religious studies end up discouraging people from participating in studies of these traditions. All right, we're going to grab a quick break here. We're going to talk a little bit more about how this gets uh, played out, uh, particularly in the American press uh, after this. With every need, I'm not any Designed to fit someone's plan, I have my own desires. All the things a man.
Today's show was produced by Josh Nalea. With help from me, Kion Wolf, Greg Hill appeared in the intro, and the part of Bill Curry was played by George Burns. Don't miss any of our shows. Find them online at wnpr.org slash Colin, or subscribe to us on Stitcher, TuneIn, or iTunes. And now... Back to Colin. We're talking about the Church of Satan uh, today, and uh, because who else would do that? Uh, and uh, joining us, Ruth Waits, uh, who is a, ma- a magistra uh, of the Church of Satan. I finally mastered this, as well as editor and publisher of the Satanic Warlock. She's uh, and Peter Gilmore is joining us also uh, via Skype. He's administrator and high priest of the Church of Satan, author of the Satanic Scriptures. And then we have uh, John Crow, uh, a scholar of American religious history, who is arguing for more scholarship of new religious movements, especially ones like this. This one, uh, you can see more of his work at johnlcrow.com. So um, let's just uh, take a listen uh, and hear how this gets discussed when there's something in the news or when there isn't something in the news, but during the 80s and 90s, where uh, the notion of talking about Satanists as people who are up to no good uh, became extremely popular. Here's Geraldo. Satanism is more than a hodgepodge of mysticism and fantasy. It's a violent impulse. It preys on the emotionally vulnerable, especially teenagers, often lonely and lost. Possessed by an obsessive fascination with sex and drugs, and yes, heavy metal rock and roll. Today there are cults that worship the devil, engage in secret ceremonies, believe in ancient, though bizarre theology, centered on sexual ritual and torture, frequently descending into the vilest crime of all, sexual abuse of children. And what of their own children? desperate to flee, but dread the penalty of grotesque death. Often the choice is to avoid confronting, ignore it, find other explanations, or laugh it off. That is not the choice we have made tonight. Okay, that's uh, Geraldo Rivera. I just said Geraldo like everybody would know who that was. Uh, So Geraldo Rivera, uh, I believe that's 1988. Um, I was there for that show. You were? I was in the audience as one of the invited guests for that broadcast. So I think even he has kind of walked a lot of that back now, and we certainly Oh, he did. He apologized for it. He came out a number of years later because FBI and other law enforcement agencies around the world investigated all of those claims which are essentially put forth by Christian evangelists and found them all to be false. 100% lies. Are there, you know, obviously the Church of Satan doesn't do stuff like that. Um, But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would still assume that they're just some idiots who once in a while— you know, torture a cat and, and draw sure. a pentagram. And sure, I mean, they do, but they can be as influenced well, as the Christian Bible or the TV guide, more likely. They probably watch some crappy movie that has evil Satanists doing sacrifices, and it's not like they've actually looked into Satanism at all. They're just going by whatever context that they share with the people around them, whatever portraits yeah, have been put idiots. into their minds. So John Crow, as a scholar of American religious history, you know that, in fact, you know, pardon me for using these words, but that certainly 125, 150 years ago, new religious movements were being demonized. That was the word I was wondering you would excuse me for using. I mean, the Jehovah's Witnesses, the Mormons, to maybe to a lesser extent, the Seventh-day Adventist Christian scientists, these are all regarded as profoundly heretical movements. I mean, the Mormons were really regarded as borderline dangerous. Joseph Smith himself was killed by a mob, uh, you know. Know, with the, I think, tacit approval of the of the society around him. Um, so, Human beings. yeah, do you just see this, John, as an extension of that that we're just profoundly distrustful uh, of any new religious movement, or does the fact that this thing's called the Church of Satan put it in a separate category? I, I do think both are involved. So, yes, the newer religious traditions. Um, definitely have more scrutiny. Uh, And we can also see the fact that they're arising at a time when we have 
so much more information. Uh, we can know who people are uh, who claim to have prophecies, and those are also uh, contextualized within uh, a different way. Now they're psychologized, so somebody who has prophecies isn't necessarily speaking to God. Now they're just psychotic and or um, uh, and need medication. So that's that's the first kind of context. But then I I, I would argue that Satanism is treated differently. Um, because there is a vibrant uh, segment of religious studies that looks at new religious movements of all kinds, uh, except uh, Satanism. And those who do look at Satanism uh, are more often in Europe uh, and often established scholars who therefore can afford to look at this tradition and not have the kinds of stigmas that early scholars uh, would suffer from. Yeah, I think I read one of your pieces where you talked about a reporter for the Detroit Free Press who needed a quote from a reliable scholar about the Church of Satan when I'm having to call somebody in Norway because there was nobody here. He, we have a limited this amount is, of time. If I could interrupt yeah, you for sure. a second, this is the reason why when you ask, why do we use the word Satan? Yeah. <laughs> because we're always different. It always but differentiates us. Every the other, other thing there could be a hundred new is, religions. That's really important is that uh, we have been always completely open about our beliefs. Since Anton LaVey founded the Church of Satan in 1966 and published the Satanic Bible in 1969, people, and that's a mass market paperback, and we've had the website up for several decades now, we have accurate information about what we are that if you're going to buy a paperback, it's a few bucks. If you're going to look on the website, it's free. And there's a vast we amount of We welcome and appreciate all people investigating Satanism, learning about Satanism. We absolutely but do. There's nothing Which is not to say we recruit secrets. members because we don't. All right, yeah, so... No. When you say that um, it's it's atheism as opposed to atheism, it's a, th a notion that puts kind of the person uh, at the center uh, of the universe. That does sound a little bit like Ayn Rand and maybe oh, sure. libertarianism. She was an influence to Anton LaVey, and there? he quite was open about that. So do you guys have kind of a, I don't know, I mean, like, I, I don't know that any particular candidate would be court courting the Satanist endorsement, but uh, do you guys have a sort of political <laughs> school of thought? Oh, well, you see, that's the funny thing. I'm you out know, of this. We, we could always indulge, uh, endorse the people that we don't want to win, and it would probably help us right. towards having that goal. Uh, but Satanists <laughs> generally decide whatever political candidate is going to be best for their lives. So there's no platform for Satanists that they pick. Uh, you know, essentially, I, I mean, and again, when you look at all the different countries we have members in, sometimes there's some they really have to just keep hidden. Uh, but uh, for myself personally, uh, I've been a libertarian since I first voted for president in 1976. And that's generally my <laughs> point of view, because I look towards limited government and maximum individual liberty, and they seem to be the only party that generally tries to promote that. But they if really haven't been there were a country that were founded on those principles. <laughs> well, we've, Anton LaVey said Satanism is a form of Americanism anyway. Uh, he uh, always felt that uh, the United States was a country that was founded on satanic principles. And as I said before, Benjamin Franklin was hanging out in the Hellfire Club with since, uh, Sir Francis Dashwood. So, uh, so this, yes. is, this is a question I should have asked you a long time ago instead of with a minute and a half left. But um, <laughs> do you guys, I don't know, do you, do you recognize at, even at sort of a situational non-supernatural level notions of good and evil? I mean, do you sort of Absolutely. Think, yeah. So tell me more but, about but that. It's subjective. Good and evil is an absolutely subjective thing because the universe is indifferent. It has no goods or evils in it. Biology has no goods or evils. It has what survives and what doesn't survive. So each No Satanist, lives matter. Yeah, has to decide <laughs> for themselves what their personal values are. And that's a heavy-duty responsibility for Satanists. 
Well, and, and every action has consequences. You can do whatever you want. I, Whenever people ask me to summarize Satanism, I say, just don't be a dick. And you can do whatever you want, but there's going to be consequences. If you're if you're a, a nice person, people like to be nice to you. If you're a jerk and you manipulate people and you harm people, bad things are going to happen to you. We absolutely we believe in good and evil, possibly more than the than the formal religions, because we're personally responsible for our choices and our actions. But not on also. Kind of, yep, yeah, we had, we endorse the idea of a social contract. When you look at uh, how we're promoting our philosophy, the whole point is we know that human beings are social creatures, and so having a social contract based on reason, uh, having rational laws that everyone can agree to, that's something we look forward to. We're not anarchists. We don't want chaos. We want to have the easiest way to live our lives to the fullest. And that seems yep. to be the best way that that can be done. All right. I have a social contract to end this show at 158. Uh, so we have to stop right now. Thank you very much, members of the Church of Satan. You did Thank have, you for you, having us. Thanks. Well, you didn't yeah. convert me, but then you didn't want to. Ruth Waits and Peter Gilmore, thanks for being with us. Also, John Crow. And thanks especially to to Josh Nalea, who conceived of this show, and Wolfie, uh, who has helped make it hum as usual. Thanks very much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. I see you're all cuddled up in your non-heterosexual love pile arms and legs all flailing around. Do you know who's responsible for that? Uh, Satan? No. Marishka Hargitay. I'm the church lady. I'm not stupid. <laughs>